0: So the message today is about forgiveness. As I said, I do have some things to share with you today that may cause you pain. But it will be good pain. I can't promise that, though, but God can. And before I speak, I really need to seek God in prayer. Mighty Father in heaven, gracious Lord, merciful Lord, thank you so much that you've brought us all together here today. I pray, dear God, that your name would be glorified. I pray that you will hide me in your pavilion, Lord, and each person here that's in my voice today. Father, we are wounded. We are wounded, and we have nothing to give to you. Except ourselves, we bring broken but you are in the business of restoration, and we are here asking for that healing, Lord. Please be with each person here today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We live in an age that glorifies self. Would you agree? And I think a lot of the times we don't recognize that we really glorify ourselves. We have become accustomed to blaming others for anything that irritates us. We have become me people. And society teaches these things in many ways. Forgive to live. What does it mean? What does forgiveness mean? I have a question for you today. When was the last time that you said, I forgive you and really meant it? When was the last time that you said, I forgive you and truly meant it? I am sure there's not one here that has not been through that. Because sometimes these are just words. Gets us off the hook sometimes. Who among us hasn't been hurt? Who hasn't been hurt From the youngest to the oldest And in many cases Anger Grievance And revenge Has been our response Would you agree Many people don't know Our secret sins But God does Many don't know our pain But God does Is it healthy? Is it healthy to have unresolved issue? Choosing not to forgive hurts you more than it helps you. Every single time we lash out at someone who has hurt us, which can be done by either action or fantasy in the mind, we actually reopen the wound and hurt mainly ourselves. It's important to remember that because we live in a battle zone, which is our earth, fallen earth, we will continue to suffer the casualties of sin, the casualties of war. Are we in a battle? Is this a battle? It It sure is. And many times in this battle, we don't understand why. So we go back to what I began with in the first place. We have a tendency to blame others for our irritations. But one day we will understand. Amen? Many books have been written about forgiveness. And on the importance of what it is and why you should forgive, but what does it mean? And how do you get there? What I have to share with you today is only a teeny-weeny segment of the greater picture. I can only give you a little bit, so I'm going to try to capture um, some of this information so that when you leave here today... You're going to go home and you will begin to process your own life, your own actions, your past, your present, and your future. That's my prayer. So I hope this information will give you a glimpse into the steps that's necessary to have not only eternal life but health while we're here on this earth. There's a study done in the Florida hospital, the Florida seven day Venice hospital regarding blood pressure. They had a couple of different groups, controlled group and intervention group, where they brought people together in an eight week forgiveness seminar program. And they discovered that when forgiveness took place at the heart and in the mind, their blood pressure actually resolved it even became better than what, it, what the low normal is. Isn't that something? This is true. This is true. For any of you nursing people out there or professional medical missionaries, do you know a little bit about the body and how it functions? If not, become a medical missionary. If you want to learn something, teach it. <laughs> But I want you to know you'll never know all the answers. So you need the next person to help you with that too, okay? We need to remove pride, it's okay. But I want to talk today about unforgiveness. We do have unresolved issues from our past, from our present, in the world, your family, and I have to say, even in our church. It's there because we are real people with real issues and we have a fallen nature but we need to recognize it so some reasons why people don't forgive is because they hang on to some of these myths that they believe in and I just want to go through a couple of those myths that actually keep us hanging on to that bitterness the first myth is actually forgive and forget how many have heard that forgive and forget how often do we hear that forgive and forget right do we ever forget some people believe that if you haven't forgotten some unpleasant event that was done toward you then you haven't really forgiven this is not true forgiveness does not wipe out your memory It is not a delete key for reality. Amen? Our journey is who we are. It's our history. The test of genuine forgiveness is not whether one remembers the event, but how one remembers it. Amen? So the problem really relies with the understanding of forgiveness or the lack of. Myth number two. Forgiveness implies that it's okay. I'm never going to let them off the hook. No way. Are you crazy? This person needs to be in jail. Have you heard that? Yeah. Do you feel that way sometimes and you don't speak to anybody about it? Do you have these little thoughts? It's like, you know, you know, this person should be jailed and look at the horrendous crimes and all of this. Do we think these things, right? A lot of the times we don't voice it because we dare not s- speak it but it's in our thoughts. Forgiveness implies that it's okay. This is a myth. So I just want to say, wrong committed is never right. Any wrong committed is never right. It's still wrong, even though one may forgive. It is still wrong. Forgiveness never makes a wrong act right. It doesn't condone or excuse the wrong act. Amen? it doesn't I'm not here to say that it excuses it forgiveness though actually will define who you are it does not define the wrongful act done to you am I making sense at all anyone can experience some of these things that I'm talking about number three forgive and make up forgive and make up does it always happen Often forgiveness can lead to reconciliation of some sort, but it's not always, not always. It takes two to reconcile, but it takes one to forgive. Even if the other person refuses to forgive and to participate in this forgiveness, your ability to forgive remains unhindered. Amen? Amen. Number four. Another myth. Remember, I'm talking about myths. Forgive and set others free. Forgiveness can involve pardon, but you can forgive people and still hold them accountable for the legal and natural consequences of their actions. Forgiveness doesn't suspend the law of cause and effect. Forgiveness does not suspend the law of cause and effect. But what changes is your desire for vengeance and retaliation. A lot of the times we hang on to these in our mind. Again, we may not voice them, but we have retaliating thoughts in our mind when we've been hurt, if we have not really resolved it. So, what changes is your desire for vengeance and retaliation. I want to tell you, brethren, that sets you free. That sets you free. You do not have to hang on to this. None of us do. We don't have to be a product of what was done to us. Amen? If that was the case, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you right now. I would not. I'd be out in the street somewhere. But the change for desire for vengeance and retaliation helps to avoid... Escalations of attack. Forgiveness frees you. Forgiveness frees you. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. Verses 1 and 2. 15 verses 1 and 2. And it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I don't want to go through these verses quickly. We need to understand what the words say. It is not of the quantity of what you read. It's the quality of how you understand it. A soft answer. What does soft mean? Gentle, patient, turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Verse 2, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. But the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. So even in our anger, we need to say, God, you've got to help me with this. I don't know how to deal with this, but God does. So he's got the answer. He's got the answer for every single thing. I want to read a little bit of the, the spirit of prophecy regarding those verses that I just read. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, it says here, seeds that produce a bad crop. Pay attention carefully. Passionate words sow seeds that produce a bad crop, which no one will care to garner. Our own words, our own words, even through pain, our own words have an effect upon our character but they act still more powerfully powerfully upon the character of others. The infinite God alone can measure the mischief that is done by careless words. These words fall from our lips, and we do not perhaps mean any harm. Okay, so maybe we're saying something, but we really don't mean harm, but hear what counsel says. Yet... These words are the index of our inward thoughts and they work on the side of evil. What unhappiness has been produced by the speaking of thoughtless, unkind words in the family circle? Often we think that my home is where I hang my hat, therefore I can do what I please, correct? This is what a lot of of people in society think and perhaps even in the church but remember harsh words rankle in the mind and it may be for years and never lose their sting never lose their sting as professed Christians we should consider the influence that our words have upon those with whom we come in contact with in our associations, whether they are believers or unbelievers, our words are watched and mischief is done by thoughtless utterances. So, is what we say important? What we don't say important? It's important. Jesus said, forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Forgive so that you can be forgiven. So if forgiveness is not pardoning or condoning, if forgiveness is not excusing and not forgetting, if forgiveness is not denying, then what is it? What is forgiveness? And how can forgiveness really heal you? Am I touching anybody today? Is the Lord speaking to your heart today? So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness, in a simple sentence, is the process of reframing one's anger and hurt from the past with the goal of recovering one's peace In the present and revitalizing one's purpose and hope for the future. Is that a powerful statement? The process of reframing one's anger and hurt from the past with the goal of recovering one's peace in the present and revitalizing one's purpose and hopes for the future. So therefore, forgiveness facilitates your own healing. You recognize your need to let go of resentments. You realize that your failure to forgive is burning a hole in your soul and ruining your life. You begin to understand that there's no value in holding a grudge. Forgiveness is a very effective and practical way of dealing with life's disappointments why do we sometimes think that life should be fair how often do we hear or say it's not fair life's just not fair why do things happen to me why is it always me 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 you know but we are in a battle zone planet earth Satan has come down like a roaring lion, trying to snatch you away from your Savior. But you know what? You don't have to let him. You have power that you've been given. And I'm not talking about pantheistic power in your own heart, I'm talking about power that Christ has given to allow you to help you overcome all of your sins. All of your temptations and to help you forgive. That's right. Remember what Jesus did on the cross. What did he say?
1: Well,
0: forgive, them. forgive them, for they know not what they do. Did you realize that's why we need a Savior? That's why Jesus is Jesus. That's why God sent him because of all the corruption in this world right. and all the corruption in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's why we need a Savior. That's why God's church is a church for sick people. We are all sinners. We have not reached the mark yet. I know I haven't. But by God's grace, I will continue to plead, plead with the Lord for his mercy to heal me in every way. So, forgiveness means giving up all hope. Here's another very important statement. Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past and instead planning for a better future. You can't have hope for a better past. Your past is done, you've no control over it. What's done is done. The pain hurts. Wounds are deep. It's real. It's real, but you can work through them and let them go. Only when you learn to forgive can you experience peace in the present and hope for the future. And this is life. This is life. In unresolved issues, there's much anger, bitterness, resentment. And I have some really important things to share with you, some deep things to share with you from my own experience. And I'm only going to share them for one reason, to let you know that you don't have to be a product of your past, to let you know that you don't have to just survive, but you can be thriving, to let you know that those wounds can heal. That's my only reason for sharing. When I get to that point. I want to see a a show of hands. Who is an angry person here? I want to honestly show me a hands of who's an angry person. Okay. Now I want to see a show of hands who knows of someone who's an angry person. You see? Speaks for itself. More hands always come up to show that they know someone who's an angry person. But a lot of the times we don't recognize it in our own heart. Most times we don't. Because even just bitterness, some resentment is still a problem. Yes, we do. So when we're working in church church capacity, even, I mean, when I talk to you about some things of my past, and now we compare it to some of the things that we go through in the dynamics of office and planning, and we're coming together and trying to do God's work, and you know, we want to be heard, we want to be first, we want to be best, we want to be everything, and when we're not, we start to, to we start to try to figure out the motives of others and we begin judging, and we begin criticizing. That's not what God wants us to do. The Lord said that when he sees his character developed in his people, he will come. Do you want Jesus to come? My goodness, why do we come every Sabbath? We we come... Only you know why you come. And only God knows why you come. But I want to say we're coming because Jesus is our Savior, and God is calling us, and he has a better home for us, and that's what I want, and I pray that that's what you want. There was a study done that showed a link between sustained anger and headaches, stomach disorders, joint pain, fatigue, and chronic lower back pain. The reason why this pain is there is because of actually unresolved issues a lot of the times, and people don't recognize that. The reason why there's such lower back chronic pain is because the muscles are wrapped around the spinal cord, and these muscles are actually the last muscles to relax, so that pain just stays there, and it probably gets misdiagnosed more. Um, more often than not. So the question is not how to avoid anger, because we all have emotions, do we not? Do we have joy? Do we have happiness? Do we think things are funny sometimes? Gives us a happy thought, right? But what about bitterness? Is it real? Anger is real. It's an emotion, right? The Bible said, be angry, but do not sin. One of the things we need to recognize that when we're angry or resentful or bitter is start to step back. Take control. God has already given you the victory, He's already given you the control and the power to deal with any issue that you may be facing. Any issue. Yes, amen. Any issue. He's already given that to you. So you step back, begin to recognize yourself. I'm angry or I'm bitter okay, I'm going to recognize that That's my emotion. Now, how do I want to deal with it? And I can deal with it in a positive way, that it can be resolved in the way that God would want it to be resolved. Nursing a grudge consumes our lives. It really does. It depletes our energy, and it takes away the energy that we could be using for more important activities. And what happens in that case is we repeatedly feel the same old pain. It hinders our healing. There's a story of a woman um, in one of the um, health retreats that she went to. She she was sick. And the medical missionary was dealing with her, uh, and they were going through all the eight laws of health, you know, she was getting good nutrition and exercise and water and all of that, and she began to feel better. But after about three or four days, she, she became very sick. And the medical missionary pleaded with the Lord, Lord, what is going on? Like, why is this happening? And he was impressed to ask her the next day if there was something in her life she was hanging on to. And the moment he asked her that question, she actually fell apart and she actually revealed it. She didn't recognize that she had unresolved issues. And from that day forward, she was getting better and better. So unresolved issue is real, is real. So let me share with you a little bit about me never about me but you know the Lord's been pressing on my heart to share some of these things because for forgiveness and unfor- unforgiveness is is real it's real and some of the we go through some different things in our past that we just can't forgive my journey starts okay so first of all I want to let you know I didn't plan to be a Christian In the year 2000, God did. And that's where I got my complete healing. That's where I got healing. That's where I started to have hope in my life. But my little journey of history is coming from an abusive home, alcoholic father, beating my mom all the time. Uh, Maybe some of this might be painful for you, but I want you to know please don't sympathize with me. It's okay. God is my refuge. God is my refuge. I don't need a pin. I'm only sharing it because I want you to know, please, don't stay tied up in your pain. Let it go. Let it go so that you can be the, the man or woman, son and daughter that God is calling you to be. Let it go so you can be free. Work through it. So at age four, between age four and five, in the city of Toronto, I was abducted from a park from a stranger. He took me up on a train car, and he did his thing. I wanna be very careful because I know there's children here. Um, He brought me back down that train car. I know every detail, but I'm not sharing every detail. And he left me on Queen Street. So the police found me and brought me home, but nobody asked questions, nobody checked me, nothing happened. But I want you to know before that, I was used to seeing my dad beat my mom all the time, so I now already have a fear of men. Uh, You can't say anything, you just can't say anything. So life just went on. I started wetting the bed, then I got trouble for that, and started being barred in the basement, and it was just one thing after another. And then that type of abuse happened throughout my whole life. My grandfather, even boarders that we had in the house, uh, my father, my own father, until I was 17, I had to leave home. We are a family of seven children in Newfoundland, very poor, no electricity, having to go sometimes to the ocean to try to get firewood under the ice and things like this. Um, So it wasn't just an event, it was a lifestyle. So it's a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma. But somehow God knew that I was strong enough to go through it. My first question to God was, if you're so good, if I said to a pastor once, even before I became a Christian, if God is so good, why would he ever allow anything like that to happen to a little one? A little one. And the pastor did not respond. He was quiet. And then he said, I don't have that answer, but God does. Now before that, I was in all kinds of therapy. At the age of 30, that's when things started to really, I, I had a broken marriage, my life was not good, I was suicidal, I was self-harm, I was hospitalized, I was all of those things on all kinds of antidepressants trying to find out what's going on with me. And I was always one to know, that I wanted to know the truth, so I had hundreds of dollars of self-help books I went to every support group that you could think of, whether it was one-on-one or I was seeing psychiatrists and all of these things. Now, all of those things played a little bit of a role in a positive way, but it never gave me answers until the Lord got a hold of me in the year 2000. And when, I, when that pastor said that to me and my grandmother gave me a book, it was called God Speaks to Modern Man yes. by H.M.S. Richards. I began to read that. And now you, you have to remember, I was in the world. I was drinking, smoking, you know, barbecuing late at night. All these things, all these silly things that God is merciful. <laughs> I want to tell you, God is merciful. But it was only from that point I began to read, and I read, and I read, and I read, and I read. I read the spirit of prophecy. I read the Bible. I couldn't get. An, I was drinking this stuff. I was drinking it. Within six weeks, I was going to church, returning tithe, not eating pork, not drinking anymore. All of those things. And my dear husband, now at the time we were living together, um, was upset because he's working on Sabbath out in the garden, and I said, I can't. And he couldn't understand it. But anyways, let's just say, my parent, my family thought that I flipped my lid. But I was happy because it was a good li- lid to flip. I want to tell you, it was the most... When, when the Lord got a hold of me and I allowed him, yes. I want to tell you, I had peace that poured through me. It poured through my veins From my head to my toe, I could feel the tension just drip off. And that's what Jesus does. And he still does it. I'm not not going to say I don't have struggles sometimes, but it's nothing compared to what I used to have. I've not had an Ativan since 20 years. No antidepressants. No hospitalization. No self-harm. None of these things because God took the place of it. And He heals even those wounds. That's my only reason for sharing this. And this is not just geared toward women. There's a lot of men who've been hurt in many ways. A lot of men. And I want the men to know that it's okay to cry. I want the men to know that it's okay to talk to someone. Let's not hang on to this. We are supposed to be bearing one another's burdens on this narrow path to heaven. Now, granted, I know the lack of trust. I understand the dynamic of that. Um, it takes time to work through that, but find someone that you can trust. Find some, Call Jim. Call Jim. He's been through a lot with me. He has seen me go through so many things. And when he went to the support group for him... To help me they told him what are you doing here you should be the facilitator so we are open to anyone if you've got questions or concerns or any thoughts um we're willing to help we're willing to help and maybe i can put a note in there pastor that a medical missionary center little wellness center that jim and i are building in madoc by god's grace it's 10 years in vision um But I don't know what God is going to do with this place, but I know it's going to be a lot of work being done there. And we would like to hold depression recovery programs, forgiveness programs, detox, you name it, whatever the Lord puts on our heart, Uh, groups for women, groups for men, whatever God puts. So just know that there's going to be some support there. So just just remember that, that no matter what you've been through God knows I don't know what you've been through but God knows and many people can say to me but, 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 mine is different but, 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 no your story won't be any different it's still pain it's still unresolved things but you can be free from it so we all live in relationships And sometimes we get hurt, and then we get angry. And there's three different ways that we deal with our anger. There's three ways we respond to life's hurts. The first one is passive. Now, some people think that this is healthy, but really it's not. This way, the passive way, almost will always guarantee that your anger will morph into a deeper and destructive resentment. That's passive. Aggressive. This will practically ensure that both parties will deepen the hurts, and then they will both begin the brisk walk to bitterness. Then there's assertive. While refusing... Refuse to ignore the hurt. Refuse to ignore the hurt. While at the same time taking care to treat those Who hurt you with dignity and respect? I know that Luke Chapter twenty three, verse thirty four, Luke twenty three verse 24 34 sorry Luke 23 verse 34 Then said Jesus Father forgive them for they know not what they do I want to tell you that when I came into the truth in 2000, it was in 2001 that I went to my own father, and I forgave him. I forgave every single one of my perpetrators. Everyone. Every single one. Do you know why? Because Jesus forgave me of my sins, and my father, and all the perpetrators out there also need a savior. Are we to curse others? We are to love our enemies? God's way is not our way. And if we are on, our, on the road to heaven, this is another part of our life that we really need to take a look at. It's not all about You know doing church work and doing this and you know having this and having that and having scholar and having wealth that's not what it's about this life here in this world in this earth is a battlefield we are we this this is not our home we are on the journey and every one of us have talent God loves you, every one of you. He cares about you. He knows your pain. He wants to relieve you of that pain. He wants to make you mighty in this earth. Are you up for the call? Are you up for the call? So I'm almost done. Um, I just want to give you nine principles of healing. Nine principles of healing that might be helpful. Number one, accept that life isn't fair. Accept it. Life is not fair. We are battling against the mighty foe, Satan himself. So life is not fair. Anything that Satan can bring in to tear you down and tear your families apart and to tear your workplace apart and to tear each other apart in the church, that is from Satan. Satan. That is not from God. And He's going to continue to do that because He does not want you saved. But Jesus wants you saved, and He's already gained the victory. He's already won the victory, He's already given it to you. Will you accept it? Number two okay, so accept that life isn't fair and that others may play a different role or different set of rules than you do. Number two stop blaming others for your circumstance. Yes, I know, I've been through all of that, and I was tiny, but God provided, he 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 saved me. He kept me in my right mind. He knew that I was strong enough to bear it, Amen. even though I don't feel like it, and I don't like it, and I don't want it, but obviously God seen something in me that he said, okay, I'm going to use this person for a time such as this, and maybe this is it. I don't know. So stop blaming others for your circumstance. Eve blamed the serpent. And Adam blamed God. Let us get away from blaming. Number three, understand that you cannot change the person that hurt you. You can only change yourself. Number four, acknowledge the anger and hurt that some unpleasant event is causing you. Acknowledge it. Don't try to hide it. It's real. Don't stuff it. But don't lash out. Come to terms with the reality. Work through it and move forward. And go back to number two, which is stop blaming others. Number five, recognize that only you can make the choice to forgive. You can't force. And you can't force somebody else. Number six, shift your... And this may be a hard one for people... Shift your view of the offender by humbly choosing to empathize with their situation, while not downplaying your own hurt. Now I know that's that's a lot to swallow, but it's possible. It is possible. Jesus said, "We've all sinned and fallen short for the glory from His glory. We've all fallen short." We've all fallen short. Remember the woman? And there was a group in the Bible where they said, to Jesus stone her? She needs to be stoned. Yes. What did Jesus do? He bent over and he was writing in the, in the sand. And what did he say to the group? He who is without sin cast the first stone. If I was to ask you to stand up and put a stone in your hand, can you throw it at someone? Can your, can your mind think that you are without sin? No way. They turned and they went their way. And I'm sure some of them went to their tents or their, their places, and I'm sure some of them had some tears, I'm sure, because that's what Jesus does. He breaks us. Number seven, intentionally shift from discontentment to contentment. Amen. Be blessed, be happy with what God has given you. We have no idea how blessed we are. We have a home to live in. We have a pillow to lay our head. We have food to eat. Seriously, all of these little things are actually big things. And there's going to come a time that we're not going to have that. So be content. Number eight, understand that it's a process, and it will take time. You cannot rush it. Let's go to Psalms 32 quickly. Psalms 32. I read this very often, actually. Psalms 32. I plead with God sometimes. Oh, boy. You know, though, when we let go, when we really let go, when we truly really let go, the peace that, that, that comes is amazing. First, I'm just... It is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Psalms 32. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, inequi- and in whose spirit there is no guile. I'm going to run down to actually verse five. "I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin." About being hurt. What, what, what about us hurting others? We hurt others all the time too how about verse 8 and this is what God gives me peace I, God is saying I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go I will guide thee with mine eye and verse 9 be not as the horse a horse goes wild right so you can't, you can't train them but God is saying don't be like a horse Or don't be like a mule. Don't try to go ahead, but don't be stubborn either. Amen? Amen. So number eight, understand that it's a process and it can't, it will take time. Number nine, take responsibility for your life and for your future. Only you can do that. Nobody is going to fix you. You can't. Blame others who hurt you for the circumstance you're in right now because God has already given us freedom of choice, power of choice. We can make change. We don't have to stay stuck and we don't have to remain a product of our past. Justice is coming. Justice is coming. Is there something in your life that's holding you back? Only you know. Only you know. So as I end here, I just want you to remember something here, which I came across last week, and I thought it was very fitful. It's kind of a statement question. What if the Lord blessed you today with only the things that you thanked him for yesterday? What if the Lord blessed you today with only the things that you thanked Him for yesterday? Let's give God more and more praise for all the blessings every day, every day. And I pray that this message will be a turning point in your life. I don't know—I don't know your, your your situation, but God does, and He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. He wants to make you whole. And I'd like to have an appeal, actually, for those who have been touched or, you know, you want healing, you want to be able to let go, please, would you please come forward? And, um, you know, I've been... Can Can I sing a song, a short song? Is that okay? Or do I have time? Do I have time? And as I'm singing this, I would like for those who... Feel in their heart to come forward. We could have special prayer. Um, Just know that Jesus loves you, and you're not alone. You're not alone.
1: There is peace in Christ when we learn of him. Feel the love he felt for us. When he bore our sins Listen to his words Let them come alive And if you know him as he is There is peace in Christ He gives us hope When hope is gone He gives us strength when we can't go on, he gives us shelter in the storms of life. When there's no peace on earth, there is peace in Christ. Come forward if you feel the need as I, re- as I, as I sing. There is peace in Christ When we walk with him Through the streets of Galilee To Jerusalem Mend the broken heart Dry the tear-filled eyes When we live the way he lived There is peace in Christ He gives us hope when hope is gone. He gives us strength when we can't go on. He gives us shelter in the storms of life when there's no peace on earth. There is peace in Christ. Let us pray.
0: Father, what can we say? How can we come to you so broken? Father, we need you so much. The hurt and pain of this planet Earth, the hurt and pain of our lives individually, Lord, you see every action. You see every tear. You see every single question that's not answered. You see the pain. There's so many on drugs, Lord. They're looking for happiness. There's so many people being murdered. There's so much resentment among us. Oh, God, please heal our wounds so that we can be your servants, so that we can be those cheerful people that we can draw all people unto you. Lord, forgive us where we have fallen short of your glory. Forgive us of our offenses toward anyone in thought, word, act, and deed, Lord. And please forgive those who have hurt us greatly. Help us to let go of the bitterness. Help us, Lord, to heal. We love you. This earth and this time on this earth is short. What is it compared to eternity forever with you? Lord, thank you for healing us. And be with our hearts. Help this day to be a day we will never forget. Help us learn how to let you in. In Jesus' name, for your glory and your righteousness, Amen. Amen. amen.